Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in the book of Mark as we delve into chapter 3, verses 20 through 27. At this point in Jesus' Galilean ministry, he returns home, and from all earthly perspectives, he is in trouble. He has enraged the hypocritical religious leaders of his time, and they're looking to kill him. The crowds are as great as they have ever been, which just irritates them even more. They accuse him of doing miracles by the power of Satan. And Jesus' own earthly family recognize how much trouble he's in, and they come to try to get through the crowds and gather him away to safety and put a stop to this nonsense. But it wasn't nonsense. Jesus really did speak with the authority of God, because he really was God. And Jesus wasn't in trouble. As the Son of God, he was in control of everything, even using the wicked intentions of those who set themselves against him as his enemies, and things were progressing exactly as he designed them to. We may forget that this is exactly the same situation today. As we watch the world around us succumb to darkness and hate us more and more, Jesus is still in control and has things exactly where he wants them. And so here is today's slice of the message combination of a what powerful do you think miracle of Jesus delivering this demon-possessed man. And not to mention the hundreds that they'd already witnessed before that. Plus the talk about, well, maybe this is the Messiah. It made the Pharisaical SWAT team panic. And they resorted to a pathetic accusation against Jesus. The scribes who came down from Jerusalem were saying, He is possessed by Beelzebul, and he casts out the demons by the ruler of the demons. Now, they were in a mess. They really didn't have anything intelligent that they could say. They would have done a lot better on this day if they had just shut up. But they opened their mouth. You see, they couldn't use the Scriptures to make their point because the Scriptures all pointed to Jesus as the Son of David, just like Matthew is explaining in Matthew chapter 12. They couldn't attack the miracle because more than likely the guy who a little while ago was demon-possessed, that guy who a little while ago couldn't speak and that guy who a little while ago couldn't see was present to look the Pharisees in the eyes and talk to them. So they couldn't refute the miracle. They've got a, they've got a problem. There was probably dozens of other people there who had been healed or delivered from demonic oppression who could also give testimony. So they came up with their... Today we would call them the talking points. They're catchy little sayings to capture their anti-Jesus sentiments. And it was patently absurd. He is possessed by Beelzebul. 
Now, you might not even want to try to pronounce Beelzebul for fear you would say something worse. Probably don't use that term very often. It originally referred to Baal, or people often say Baal, Baal Zebul, meaning Baal the prince. That was the name of the chief deity of the Philistine city of Ekron back in the Old Testament. You can read about it in 2 Kings chapter 1, verse 2. Well, that was the name of their, their god, and the Israelites mocked the false religion of the Philistines by referring to this god. Instead of Baal Zebul, they called him Baal Zebub. Just changed the L to a B on the end of the word, and that means Lord of the Dung or Lord of the Flies that hover around the dung. It's used both ways. By the first century, Beelzebul and Beelzebub, both words, had become a name for Satan, who is the ruler of the demons. And that's what the Pharisees intended when they associated that name with Jesus. They're saying, he is satanic. Yes, he casts out demons because he's their leader. You see, here's the pickle that they were in. Jesus' power was clearly supernatural. He could do things that nobody else could do. So it could only come from one of two sources. It was either from God and it was true, or it was from Satan and it was deception. So when Jesus claimed to be from God, the leaders, the spiritual leaders of the Jews, in essence, called him a liar. No, 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 no. He is, okay, he has some power, but it's because it's the power of the prince of darkness. These are the spiritual leaders of the Jews, the ones who should have been the most astute students of the Scriptures, who should have been leading throngs of people to believe in Jesus and to repent of their sins, and they come to the conclusion that he's either Satan himself or he's at least an emissary of Satan or he's under the control of Satan. That's the wrong conclusion to come to. Well, look at the reactions. The crowds, amazing. His family, got to get him out of there. He's lost his senses. The scribes, he's satanic. Ah, but now Jesus is going to seize the moment. He's going to take charge of the situation. And today we're just going to finish up with what he said and then I'll remind you next week that that sets us up for something that needs a little bit of our time to look at, and I think will be very helpful for you. Verse 23 of Mark 3. And he called them to himself. Now, let that sink in. Try to, try to picture that. The antecedent of them is the Pharisees and the scribes. Now, there's crowds of crowds of people but Jesus not only is getting a hint of what's being said, and Matthew this time clarifies what Mark has clarified before. He knew their thoughts anyway. And so with all these crowds of people over the din of the crowd, he calls the scribes and the Pharisees, hey, guys, guys, come closer. Yeah, you and you and you and you and you and you and the people you brought. You guys come up here to the front row. 
but he doesn't whisper to them. He calls them to himself and began speaking to them in parables. Now we're going to see some parables. We'll study some parables in Mark chapter 4 in the, in the coming weeks. Uh, the idea of parable, it literally means to cast alongside. It's where you use something that people know and understand, like if they're good at growing wheat. You might use planting seed and growing wheat or planting a wheat field and then having to deal with, with, uh, with, with weeds in it. Use something people understand and you lay it alongside something that you're trying to show them. And by comparison between what they understand and what you're trying to teach them, they learn by comparison. That's what he's saying. He's going to speak to them in parables or maybe in this case we might even say um, analogies. So he calls these guys to himself and And even though he wants to make sure he's looking them in the eye, they're hearing it first and foremost. Everybody is hearing this. He called them to self and began speaking to them in parables. He starts out by saying, How can Satan cast out Satan? Now, that's a pretty obvious question. Do any of you know how to throw yourself out of this room? I mean, it's it's absurd. If he's casting out demons by the power of Satan, then Satan is opposing Satan. And then (laughs) he elaborates. Look at the next three verses. If a kingdom is divided against itself, that kingdom cannot stand. If a house is divided against itself, that house will not be able to stand. If Satan has risen up against himself and is divided, he cannot stand, but he is finished. I don't think that needs a lot more explanation. But he gives you one more illustration, one more analogy, one more little parable, if you, say, if you care, care to call it that. Mark 3.27 But no one can enter the strong man's house and plunder his property unless he first binds the strong man, and then he will plunder his house. You can't break into anyone's house and take their stuff unless you can overpower the owner and the occupant of the house. So Jesus' point is that not only is he not empowered by Satan, he is infinitely more powerful than Satan. He's undoing what Satan has been doing behind the scenes. Or in other words, once again, Jesus is claiming to be God. The demons are subject to Him. And Matthew inserts before that part about the kingdom divided that He was knowing their thoughts. So one more evidence of His deity. He's omniscient. He knows what's going on in their minds. And He makes the proclamation. So Jesus speaks up. He turns the discussion inside out against the Pharisees. It's obvious to everyone. He has power over the demons. Plus, there are all the hundreds of other miracles that have been going on day after day. Plus, he knows what they're thinking before they said anything. So look at this text. The people thought Jesus was absolutely amazing. They couldn't stay away. His family thought he was a lunatic. The Pharisees said he was a deceiver. The facts, as Jesus presented them, showed that Jesus is God. 
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.